Hello, everybody. Hello, replay viewers. And welcome to the Mental Health Hour, Episode 4. Today, we'll be discussing triggers. So, bit of an odd time today. Um, had to work yesterday. I put a post up. I'm sure you all saw it. But we will be back on Saturdays, as that's normally my day off. I just had a, um, I had to work a swap for one of my coworkers, so he could be on vacation. So, um, so triggers. This is a hot key item in the mental health world. Um, the biggest, uh, I guess, thing to take from this broadcast, uh, and we'll just touch on, uh, triggers a little bit and, you know, how they affect us, um, some stuff I've learned, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, but one of the overall mantras of triggers would be to have a safety plan in place. Um, this is particularly important if you're dealing with external triggers. Um, internal triggers you can't always get, you know, ahead of or be ready for. I mean, they're going to come and go um, inside your body, uh, inside your mind. Um, but the external triggers... Uh, those we can kind of prepare for or try to, um, we can avoid. Um, it's not necessarily, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but it's not necessarily uh, that you can avoid all external triggers. Um, but you can still have a game plan going into something that you know is going to be uh, potentially triggering. So first we'll start out with what are triggers? Um, there, there's a bunch of different classifications of triggers. I mean, the main PTSD triggers, um, you know, you have the internal and the external as I've discussed already. Um, so internal triggers are things that are tr triggers that are happening inside your body, um, inside your mind, like anger, uh, loneliness, um, your heart rate and uh, BP, blood pressure goes up. Um, there's There could be some emotional pain, uh, anxiety for sure, um, abandonment. These are all examples of internal triggers uh, that we'll face. External triggers, however, are going to be, you know, situations, places, people, anything that will um, externally remind you of the traumatic event, um, anniversaries, holidays, um, anything that touches the five senses in any way um, that can bring that back to light. Hey, Thomas, how are you? How's the baby llamas doing? Dr. John, good to see you. Um, we're talking about triggers today, for those of you coming in now. Um, so we've gone over internal. Oh, that's good to hear, Thomas. That's good to hear. Those are some awesome broadcasts. I enjoy it. Uh, in, internal and external triggers is what we covered so far. You know, internal happens on the inside. Anger, loneliness, etc. External being places or people or holidays or whatever that remind you of the traumatic event. Um, so digging deeper into triggers as a whole, we want to make sure that we're getting the definition, I guess, correct. So a trigger is not necessarily something that's going to rub you the wrong way or uh, make you feel uncomfortable. 
Uh, a trigger is literally a, a uh, it's the traumatic brain um, getting uh, aroused by uh, something that can make you feel like the trauma is happening all over again. Um, so like you're reliving the moment uh, or, you know, through any of the five senses, etc. cetera. Um, most recently, I was on vacation last week. Uh, we, uh, Me and the family went down to Ocean City, Maryland. Um, this is a place where I myself have done quite a bit of drinking. Um, so I went into this knowing this was potentially going to be uncomfortable. I didn't know where or when or how it was going to come up or strike or trigger, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I was able to go in with a um, kind of a, you know, a head start, if you will. Like I knew there was the potential here. So I was ready, but all the preparing you can do doesn't always take away from every, uh, every potential trigger. So there was one time in particular that we were out to dinner uh, at a place that I frequently drank at. Um, it is one of our favorite food spots, um, but, you know, I thought everything would be fine. And I was, I was fine through the whole dinner. Um, great meal, great uh, conversation with the family. Everything was awesome. And then after uh, this was all concluded, we paid the check and the, there was a little play area outside where the outside bars were that I used to frequent uh, and the kids wanted to play. So we let them play for a little bit. And that's when it hit right there, like uh, just standing out there. It was kind of an overwhelming feeling. Um, and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to exit stage left here, go stand out by the car uh, for a little bit. Cause I'm just, I'm not, feeling this right now and she knew she knew what that meant she knows we've talked um we're on the same page with this kind of stuff um and i obviously i don't want to ruin the kids time you know but i i saw this happening i needed to excuse myself from the situation and uh we we got through that was really the only true trigger i felt while i was down there for four four or five days um which I'm, I'm grateful for. But again, I was kind of prepared. I brought down a lot of stuff that reminded me of home. You know, I, I set up in the, uh, in the house we had, you know, kind of a Tim area. Uh, if anything, if I needed it, it was there. So um, that's kind of having that safety plan in place. Um, so, I mean, that being said, that's my most recent experience with triggers. Now this comes from a substance abuse standpoint. Um, this wasn't necessarily a PTSD trigger by any means. This just happened to be an environmental trigger uh, from times of yore when I used to go to the beach and get banged up uh, with friends, uh, with my wife, uh, you know, the works. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say with that story is that I talked a little in the beginning about avoidance with the external triggers. You can, you can set yourself up for success if you just avoid the places that you know are going to trigger you in some way. Um, now, is it possible to avoid every external trigger? No. Um, they're going to happen. Um, it's part of living this mental health lifestyle and being aware of it. Um, actually, uh, one of the, uh, let me see here. Uh, so I was, uh, looking up a little bit more information, refreshing myself on triggers and what have you. And I came across this website, verywellmind.com, uh, it's a great website. There's all kinds of information on there. Um, 
about anything mental health wise, um, a little bit outside the mental health realm too. Uh, highly recommend it, giving it a view. But there was a specific quote on there that I wrote down that I really liked. Um, in dealing with triggers or coping, it says, quote, the, the goal or end game should be to detach from the trigger, recenter, and focus on coping strategies. Uh, coping strategies being anything from meditation, yoga, deep breathing, activities, um, pets, um, what else? The guided meditations are good, aromatherapy, anything relaxing, anything enjoyable for you. Um, so you want to basically that I, I can't word that any better. The end game here is to detach yourself from the trigger that's happening. And you want to recenter yourself, ground yourself and work, focus on coping with it. Um, we can't spend our whole lives, the rest of our lives running away from these triggers. Uh, especially the internal ones, they're going to come and go as they please. Um, I did a lot of work, as I told you guys, down at the uh, rehab center with trauma therapy. And while I feel 95% better about what was going on in my head, there's still 5% that still lingers, you know. Um, it's always going to be there. It was a trauma, and I need to learn to live with it, move forward. If something were to come up, um, in my in this past year's experience, there hasn't been um, nearly as bad of a trigger, an internal trigger, from my divorce uh, or any of these bad calls I run. That I haven't been able to manage with the tools I have been given and learned through the center. Um, that's the most uh, important thing. Like I said, uh, we got to have that safety plan in place and we got to learn to cope. Um, so when obviously we hit a triggered state of mind, um, when, when something triggers us, our body goes into that fight or flight mode. Um, obviously uh, a lot of us, I'm guilty of it myself. I think we find ourselves getting overwhelmed by the trigger and kind of letting it win by whether it be us running away, uh, hiding, uh, isolating, detaching from, um, the world instead of detaching ourselves from the trigger. Um, so I'm still learning even today uh, when I wanted to put together some notes for this broadcast and I was reading over some um, information and what have you, I'm still finding things that I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a good way to think about that. Or, um, or I'll see stuff that I'm doing um, kind of subconsciously, you know, maybe a, a little bit, uh, learned it down the road at the center, um, brought it back home with me, like journaling. Um, one thing I saw on almost every article I read dealing with triggers is that one of our most successful um, ways of combating these internal and external triggers for PTSD, substance abuse, anything um, is, is journaling. Journaling is uh, so huge. And I was, I was the guy that was like, I'm not, I, I don't journal. That's not my thing. Well, I mean, I started doing it down there just because I was doing everything they told me to. I was there. I said, why not? I'll give it a try. And uh, I can honestly say it's one of the most therapeutic things I still do today. Um, Journals can be really useful for cognitive reprocessing. Absolutely, uh, I I couldn't agree more. Um, you can, you, what better way to go over your day than to write it all down? Um, maybe if something bad were to come of the day, or 
um, you had a specific trigger that you journaled, you can always go back and look over the notes. It's basically notes on your life um, and how you're living and how, how successful you want to be and how successful you feel like you're coming along. Um, when journaling about triggers in specific, I like to, um, I like to take as they arise, I guess, when, when I feel triggered, like when I just told you about the beach, I, I did go back that night and I wrote down in my journal, um, exactly what I was feeling, um, where I was, the surroundings, um, how it affected me, uh, my thoughts, um, my emotions. And, uh, now I have that logged. So, I can always go back over it later, look and see. Um, maybe next year we don't go to this specific restaurant or it is a favorite spot of my family's. So maybe I just stay back. Um, that's going to be up to me down the road next year. Uh, but yeah, who's to say what frame of mind I'll be in in another year? Um, I don't know. This is, like I said, I'm constantly evolving, constantly learning. It should be a daily tool for first responders. I couldn't agree more, John, Dr. John. I could not agree more. I tell my shift mates about my experience with journaling um, and how, you know, I was, nah, I'm not doing that. That's not me. I don't write. I don't, you know, this isn't school. But after I, you know, seriously gave it a try, it, I, I honestly think it's one of the most therapeutic things I do. Um, now, I was journaling every single day at the start of this because it, everything was all so new. It was um, just mind-blowing, all, all the information I was taking in. I had to journal just to keep it all straight. Um, but uh, now I find myself journaling. This is a year later. Um, I, I'm journaling more when... I feel it's right, uh, whether something happens um, outside of the norm, um, maybe uh, something really great happened. Uh, you know, I'm not, I, I don't find myself journaling every single day anymore, um, like I was in the beginning, mainly because I've written down a lot of what, you know, I need to what the uh, purpose of the journal would serve. I have it all logged already. So I, it would be a bit repetitive, which I mean, that that can sometimes be good too. Repetition can, um, can be good. Um, but when you just find yourself writing about the same thing over and over again, um, I've, I've been feeling comfortable cutting back uh, to, you know, significant events, um, and stuff like that. Triggers definitely are a significant event and should be logged and journaled that day, uh, I believe. This is my unprofessional opinion. Um, anytime you feel that fight or flight kick in um, or, you know, you feel any kind of emotional pain from an internal trigger, go ahead and log that down. Write down exactly your feelings, your thoughts, your surroundings when the trigger occurred, your emotions when the uh, trigger occurred, and what situation you were in that could have caused it. Um, was there something you could have done differently? Was there something somebody else could have done differently? Um, would it have been helpful to avoid the incident altogether? Uh, was it even possible to avoid the uh, the incident or the surroundings or whatever um so then yeah you can go back you can reread you can look you can study each day as if you want to get better the next day you know if, if that makes sense dr john says it creates inoculation <coughs> excuse me um, so I've kind of been focusing, I feel like a lot on the 
internal and external triggers of um, PTSD. Um, doing it daily, even on events that seem similar, can be helpful because they are there are so many factors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I in the beginning I was no good. You're fine, Doctor John. Uh, I, I enjoy reading the comments. I think it's just us, to be honest with you. Um, but I've told a lot of the folks, I do these broadcasts specifically for the replay viewers because um, when, I, when I'm when i live, my number is like, it, it's up in the 50s or 60s, but then one day later I'll come back and it's well over 300. So these are... I'm primarily in for the replay audience, you know. I'm just glad people watch it and I hope take something from it. Um, but, yeah, I've been talking a lot about triggers for PTSD triggers, you know, your simple um, basic internal, external, well, nothing complex. Um, but I haven't really touched on triggers in addiction, which is kind of my up my wheelhouse. Um, I feel like I get triggered a lot more uh, via substance abuse than PTSD, which I was diagnosed with PTSD. Um, I forget how they make that diagnosis. You have to hit two of, um, you have to hit two symptoms or whatever out of like five or six to be qualified to be diagnosed with PTSD. Anyway, do you know the most powerful sense trigger? I don't. I'm going to guess smell. Smell has a lot to do with taste and, you know, that would be my guess. Um, but triggers and addiction is, is, is my personal wheelhouse. Like I said, I, I find myself triggered um a lot more come substance abuse items than ptsd um and to go along with the addiction and triggers people tend to uh turn to drugs or alcohol for their coping strategy um it's very common practice uh, i'm more than guilty of it um, the olfactory is the strongest, might not have awareness of it then. Can you explain a little bit more? Um, I'd be interested to, uh, look up any information you have or, uh, yeah, I definitely want to look into that more. That's interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, drugs and alcohol, obviously, this is not a good way to cope. Um, don't think that needs to be said, but apparently I didn't know that. But I mean, the biggest reason why drugs and alcohol are not an effective coping mechanism for your triggers or your depression is because they only intensify the negative. Um, and it's a short-term solution. I learned that that was one thing that I wrote down real big in my notes, like, and underline three times um, small or it's a short-term solution to a long-term problem and yeah you can do it repetitively um, so it's a bunch of short terms but it never quite takes that long term away um, many people are triggered and don't even know why generally related to Psychologically overstimulated events or early childhood trauma. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, actually, the childhood trauma in specific, uh, that that was quite a good bit of what was, what I was hearing from some of my firefighter uh, friends down there at the at the rehab center um, in in trauma group. A lot of childhood stuff. Um, not as many uh, bad calls like you would think. A bunch of firemen sitting around in a room talking about war stories. It was a lot of home and personal stuff. Everything from childhood to 
like divorce and, and stuff like that. Not a lot of on the job. Um, there definitely was. It has its place. And uh, yeah, there there was on the job stuff, but uh, an overwhelming amount of personal stuff, which I found truly interesting. Um, so yes, uh, drugs and alcohol, uh, they intensify the negative. They do nothing to fix the, the problem. They just numb ourselves. We just numb ourselves to it. Um, it, while it feels good in the moment, um, you, if you wake up the next day and everything feels worse. So intensifying the negative, it, it, there's really a lot of truth to that, especially for me, I can, I'm, you know, speak from experience. Uh, it was doing nothing for me. I couldn't tell myself that, or I couldn't come to terms with that. I thought it was doing something for me. Uh, but just looking back now, I feel like I was just, I don't know, the wool was pulled over my own eyes. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it was quite a, uh, what's the word? Humbling experience. Uh, to not only see that I was human, because I think we all, I think I've mentioned this before, I think we all have some sort of complex where we don't think anything bad is going to happen to us. It doesn't have to be like you're the only thing you think about. I'm not saying it's the biggest part of your life. I'm just saying I think in the back of everyone's mind, all the bad stuff that happens into in this world, it's never going to happen to us or our family. Um, and and it's a very humbling thing to go through what I've been through this past year and see just how human I am and and uh, uh, that I'm not immune to I'm not immune to this stuff uh, any more than the, the than the guy sitting next to me, you know. So, um, if you're uh, just coming in, uh, feel free to drop a comment, say hello. Uh, thanks for the subscription there, Mo. And uh, we're talking triggers today. I've got Dr. John on the line here. Uh, <laughs> um, and Dr. John, if you do, if you have any um I've been listening to you for quite a while. Oh, well, it's good to have you, Mo. Um, tell us uh, anything, you know, any comments you want to drop in there, feel free. And uh, Dr. John, do you have um, any information or uh, websites that maybe you could post in the comments for replay viewers and what have you to do some further trigger uh, research if they if they care to. Um, it's great having Dr. John here in my broadcast. Uh, he, we've been emailing. In fact, I owe you an email. Um, he's setting up uh, a mental health program for first responders like myself uh, up there in Alberta, Canada. So, props to him. Uh, great guy. I uh, hope I can do something to help you along your path there and i'll get you an email back after this broadcast um where are we at right now okay so we talked uh we talked about internal external triggers um we talked about triggers and addiction um let me see what i worked for fountain house and nyc Psychosocial clubhouses in the world. It's a clubhouse in NYC and it's modeled for clubhouse around the world or people who have mental illness for people. Sorry. That's pretty awesome. Um, where is it in NYC? And if you have any literature that you want to share, please drop it in the uh, comments there for replay viewers. Manhattan. Oh, the hub. 
you know, all in 34 years, I have uh, I've never been to New York City. I don't know if I guess that's I mean I've always been okay with it. Uh, I'd like to get up there and see Ground Zero at one point, but um, I hear it's breathtaking. But um, yeah, never been to the city. Um, we talked about also meditation, yoga, deep breathing. What else? Ac uh, activities, um, drawing, art, journaling, guided meditations, um, and therapy dogs or, or pets in general. Uh, pets can be so uh, helpful along these mental health lines. Just having that. Um, I know some people in, in AA that uh, use their pet as their higher power. Um, this was not reinforced to me as a great idea as they don't live forever. But um, to each his own, man. If that, if that is working for you, go for it. There was a series. There was a series on PBS.org on June. I suggest you all watch Mysteries of Mental Illness. I will jot that down actually and give it a uh, see if I can't find it. PBS.org. PBS.org and more the call. Mysteries of Mental Illness. Cool. Thank you. I will definitely look for that your CEO was in episode three mysteries of mental illness awesome and uh, that'll be in there for all the replay viewers uh, Mo's dropped his uh, fountainhouse.org in the comments feel free to give that a oh Dr. John's got to jump all right see you later Dr. John thanks for stopping by and, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a her, she, her. Uh, yeah, this, uh, haps or not just haps, but, um, you know, any broadcasting, I, I'm not used to not seeing people. <laughs> so, so, uh, I apologize for that. Um, but this, this is very cool. And I'm, I'm glad you just, uh, dropped in and, uh, left that in the comments for us mysteries of mental illness uh i am very excited to look into that um so uh back to what was i saying prior oh meditation yoga all that good stuff um journaling like i said is is the biggest key in my wheelhouse right now um grounding exercises when you're finding yourself triggered you have to that part about recentering, you want to ground yourself. Um, I like, uh, you know, I'm a fidgety guy, uh, ADHD, all that good stuff. So I like the the finger triggers, it, things you can do physically. Um, the worry stone, you sit there and rub the the worry stone. Um, yeah, and just uh, like maybe uh, I'll catch myself drawing on the chair the armrest of the chair, like the alphabet. Well, I do some breathing and, and just recenter. Um, box breathing was a, a big one. Have you ever heard of dialectic behavior there? Yes, I have. We, we have, a, I have a whole set of notes on that. CBT, DBT, um, all the works. So I'll be doing actually an episode on that down the road. Um, so if you stay tuned, you'll, um, you'll see that one. I took six years of it and have facilitated groups. Awesome. So Mo, I'm, I might be interested if you're interested, uh, in, uh, sometime down the line, maybe, uh, join in the broadcast and, and if, if, uh, if we set up a DBT episode, maybe I could have you on and, uh, and, and you can talk to us a little bit about that, about your knowledge. If you'd like to do that, I'm more than open to it. And uh, drop me a, um, I'll put my email in the comments. You can drop me an email. And 
we could set something up. I'd, I'd love to do that. Especially with somebody that has a better working knowledge. I mean, I'm just sharing my, um, what do they call it? Hold on, let me put my email in for you. There you go. Um, yeah, you can drop me a line anytime and we'll maybe work something out if you feel like you want to come on. Um, yeah, I'm just on here sharing my uh, sharing my experience, strength, and hope uh, to whoever wants to listen. Are you familiar with NAMI? No, I'm not. NAMI. But I will be. Mental illness, national something, mental illness. Oh, perfect. You got a link. Awesome. I will look at that as well. Boy, I'm glad you dropped in today. We've got all kinds of good stuff to look up. Amy.org. Or no. I'll just hit it out of the comments. You're involved with them. Okay. Yes, I will. An organization that, hold on. An organization that provides educational courses and support groups for families and caregivers of dot, dot, dot. I'm assuming that's of people dealing with mental health issues. So, no, I don't think, if you haven't caught any of my other broadcasts, uh, basically I'm a firefighter, 14 years career here in Frederick County, Maryland. Um, I struggled with, or I have PTSD, depression, anxiety, um, personal stuff, not a lot of bad calls. Um, I mean, I've definitely run my fair share of bad calls, but they don't bother me as much. Oh, cool. You have listened. Are there actual people in here? I don't see anyone chatting, but you and I, <laughs> it says there's 44 viewers, but they come and go. I was telling Dr. John that I do this more for the replay views. So it's on there just for folks whenever they want, whenever they get a chance to drop in and watch, the information is there. That, that's my whole in this. Um, just to reach out, share my experiences, share my knowledge, and share what helped me the most in being successful so far on this journey. Uh-oh. Please check your internet connection. Looks like I went down. Can you hear me? I'm not really sure how to fix this. All right, I think I'm back. That's oh, giving me bad bars. Your internet connection is unstable. Now it's good. <laughs> God love it. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, as long as you can still hear me, I guess that's all that, that really matters for all the replay viewers and what have you. So uh, at the very beginning, just to reiterate, go back over some things. Um, get triggered uh, can 
make you feel as if the trauma is happening all over again. And that's what uh, stems into that fight or flight um, response from your body. Uh, completely normal. So, yeah, these triggers are not necessarily just something that's rubbing you the wrong way or, um, you know, making you uncomfortable in a situation. These are literally the five senses being affected in some way. Um, that make you feel like you're reliving that horrible moment. And the traumatic brain, as I've discussed before, is always in the now. Um, it just, it never stops. It doesn't get filed away. It's always floating around as if it was yesterday. And it definitely does feel like yesterday because you can recall everything with such detail uh, about a traumatic event that that hasn't been properly filed in your brain's filing system. Um, and triggers, they become so overwhelming. Uh, I discussed that we, we give up, I feel like, and, and we go and hide and then they win. The triggers win. The triggers beat us. Um, if we combat this and manage them and live with them, um, maybe we, maybe we do practice a little avoidance. Um, I think it's one of the safe places that we can actually say avoidance is, is, a is not a hindrance here. Um, if you know that you're going to go to a dinner or a wedding or something that's going to put you in a position where you're going to be triggered and you see it coming from a mile away. Why not avoid that? Um, I'm, we're not saying to uh, live in a, a, live in isolation again or uh, detach yourself from the world altogether. We're just saying avoid that one um, that one that one time uh, you know that one dinner that you know is going to put you over the edge. There's Bo. Hi, Bo. How are you, Bo? I've been seeing you come on to some broadcasts lately. It's nice to see you. Oh, that's all right. Well, what do you expect? You don't sleep at night. <laughs> Neither do I, so I don't know. I was up all night last night, but that was because the ambulance was running its balls off. Um, so, yeah, uh, the worry stone, I don't, I didn't touch on that enough for my, I mean, I, I explained that I have the, uh, the ADD brain, so I like the, um, the physical touch, the something you can do with your hands, um, or, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not one that can sit and meditate for a long time. I do enjoy relaxation or, uh, guided, guided meditation. I can get down with that for a little while, but my ADD, ADHD will not allow me to stay down for long. I got to get up and be moving. Um, so those, um, I have a Rubik's cube that I do when I'm not necessarily just triggered, but stressed, whatever. I'll sit and do this Rubik's cube. It's fidgety. I like it. Uh, the worry stone, you can sit and just rub that, um, mindlessly and, you know, continue on thinking about other things while you're just holding that in your hand. Um, these are, these are things that work for me. Um, everybody has their own different grounding techniques, uh, and, and different things work for different people. I saw on, um, on Veda's broadcast the other day, she did a meditation right there when the cat or the microphone cut out or whatever. But I mean, she actually looked like she got something out of that, you know, like, and that was a nine minute, I think she said a nine minute um, guided meditation, which I can, I can do nine minutes. 
but there are some out there that are like an hour long and i'm like uh no me too i find if i'm doing something with my hands it calms my mind exactly that's that's how i feel like the way i've explained it with with my drinking mindfulness is huge that's going to get its own episode of course you can't there probably more than one i mean mindfulness is like the the biggest buzzword of the mental health era um but um the biggest way i've found or i'm i'm sorry the the way i've explained my drinking is uh yes exactly mo um my drinking or I drank a lot, not just to mask depression, not just to um, cover up uh, the the triggered feelings or or stress. Um, but when I wake up in the morning, my brain feels scrambled, like out of sorts, scrambled eggs, scrambled up. So. I would drink to kind of unscramble my brain because I had also been living on booze for so long. It, it was basically a baseline for me. Um, so when I woke up sober, I was not at my baseline. Um, quitting drinking now, uh, I have gotten on, I or that feeling of scrambled brain has come back with a vengeance. Um, and in talking with my doctor and getting the, you know, okay from everybody involved, I've gone on Adderall, which has kind of done the same thing. It's two, Adderall is obviously a stimulant and uh, alcohol is a depressant. I know the, the science doesn't make a lot of sense, but internally, Adderall has been has been able to unscramble my brain the, much the same way that I felt um, that alcohol did. Uh, if that makes any sense, um, like I said, everybody's different, uh, and I know scientifically it doesn't make any sense, um, but it it does. It it unscrambles, you know, my uh, my brain, so I feel like it's functioning normally. Um, I can sit and do a crossword puzzle. Um, maybe not as good as the piano man, but I can I can sit and fuck around with one. Pardon my French. So uh, that is pretty much it for triggers today. Um, there will probably be more broadcasts on triggers it that's just as big wilson is infuriating i know and he's gonna do that uh that damn sunday puzzle tonight in probably 10 minutes i did the sunday puzzle already for the new york times and i wasn't able to finish it without looking up a few answers but i came close but i, I was in it for an hour and 30 minutes so ah <laughs> uh, wilson's great wilson's awesome um all right let's do a quick recap uh like i i usually end with a recap so we might as well go through it one last time two different types of triggers main main triggers that we deal with on a daily basis internal and external internal is obviously inside your mind your body anger loneliness uh, abandon uh emotional pain heart and bp racing or elevated um, anxiety, obviously, depression, external triggers being more outside environment, uh, places, people, holidays, anniversaries, sensory uh, items that will cause you to relive that traumatic experience. Um, and that we talked about that in the beginning, the, the traumatic brain uh, gets triggered and it makes you feel as if the trauma is happening all over again, which leads you into that fight or flight instinct. Um, this is a trigger. Uh, a trigger is not something that makes you feel uncomfortable or something that rubs you the wrong way, as I've said. Um, 
I went over my time in Ocean City. Uh, I just got back from vacation. Uh, I experienced a pretty significant trigger down there, watched the replay, um, and I talked about escape plans. Um, how my wife and I have talked uh, about things. Um, if I feel triggered, what, what our plan is, um, we kind of have a working knowledge of, of how to deal with things as they arise. Um, not everything, obviously, but we've got, I would say, a good bit of it covered, enough that we feel comfortable going out. And if something were to happen with me getting triggered or something, I can feel completely safe and excusing myself and what have you. Um, uh, we also talked about journaling. Journaling is, I'll say it again, it's been one of the most therapeutic things that I've done in this whole process. Uh, initially, I said I laughed at journaling. It's not my thing. I don't write. I hated school, all the, all the above. But being at rehab, I said I was going to do everything. I even did yoga, and I'm not a yoga guy. Um, I gave everything a go, and I still journal today. It is really one of the most therapeutic things that I do. Um, and journaling your triggers as they come is, is, is a really big part of, of dealing or, or managing your triggers, um, managing your emotional triggers, managing your external triggers, coping with them, learning more about them. This whole thing is just education. Everything I feel like we've talked about so far on this program has been more education. Um, so journaling them down, when you get triggered, uh, go home that evening, write your feelings during the trigger, your thoughts during the trigger, your surroundings during the trigger, your emotions during the trigger, your uh, what situation you were in. Hi, Blaine. What's up? Thanks for the high five award, buddy. Um, and then... Uh, you know, go back over those those uh, journals, those written logs of what happened, and uh, you know, review basically your life. Uh, use it to your advantage. Use it as a playbook uh, for uh, the future. Um, and uh, the good quote that I said earlier, I found on VeryWellMind.com. This is an excellent website. Um, and I highly recommend it. Uh, if you want to, you know, do some more research on any of the topics that we talk about on this program. Um, but the, the quote of the day, I think from, from verywellmind.com is, uh, the goal or end game with triggers should be to detach from the trigger, recenter yourself and focus on coping. Um, However, however you want to cope, and we talked about meditation, yoga, deep breathing activities, aromatherapy. I hear a lot of people like aromatherapy. That wasn't really my thing, um, but um, I, the guided, the short guided meditations, I can, I loved. Um, breathing is is great. Uh, just taking a second, you know, excusing yourself from the situation, and taking a second for you, and and. Um, uh, bringing that bringing yourself back to center uh however you need to do that is what's going to make coping or getting into your coping strategies uh that much easier and then go back and um and journal your experience because that is like i said that's your your journal if you keep a, a journal every day or you know, every time a significant event happens, that is literally your life playbook. I mean, you go back and you review just like a, a football player after a, a set of downs will go back and on the bench and look at everything they just did and look at how the defense reacted and look at how the offensive line was able to, to move um, this, that, and the other. Go back over your day just like that. Use your journal as a playbook for the future. Um Uh, you can, you can, uh, you can journal all your shenanigans there on Beardo Weirdo Show. <laughs> uh, 
I keep a miracle journal and write down at least one thing every day. Thanks for this information. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing um, I was told by my uh, outpatient counselor that I still see uh, to start keeping that gratitude journal. And I can't tell you how many times since he's had me start doing this that I've heard people say, you got to keep a gratitude journal. Um, that, that's that been as big of a buzzword as uh, um, mindfulness has been, gratitude. And it, it makes a lot of sense because, though I mean, the way he put it was if you go ask your wife to name three shit things that happened today, she'll rattle them off one, two, three, but say Give me three things that you're grateful for. You have to stop and think. Um, so, uh, and finally, um, triggers and addiction we touched on. Um, I obviously used substance via alcohol uh, to, to uh, mask depression, to cope with uh, stress and triggers. And this sent me spiraling. Um, Tim, so good to catch you live. Great, such a positive vibe. Thank you, Blaine. Thank you, thank you. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you tonight on... I'm definitely going to watch Piano Man do this crossword tonight. Um, it took me an hour and a half, and I didn't finish all of it. But I'm not Wilson. <laughs> that guy's got a brain for that stuff, I tell you. It's, it's great to watch him work, though. Um, and uh, alcohol, where I was going wrong there, it intensifies the negative. I wasn't coming to grips with that. I, for whatever reason, was able to tell myself, there he is, Piano Man in the house, Piano Man 5-0. Uh, I was able to uh, keep telling myself that alcohol was uh, making this better, um, that it was doing uh, what I wanted it to do, that it was doing uh, positive things when really it was just intensifying the negative. It's te it provides temporary relief. Any substance that um, you would come across, you know, that you would find yourself using alcohol, I guess, is, is the most uh, common. Um, but uh, really, you know, painkillers, anything like that. Um, it, it's a it's a short term solution to a long-term problem and that was uh, I said it earlier that was one of the things I wrote down in my notes from rehab and underlined three times highlighted italicized bold print uh, alcohol is a short-term solution to a long-term problem I've got beardo and weirdo in here what is going on this is something I feel like I should I should be talking about Pyrex. We might have to send Wilson down the road where I went for Pyrexia. <laughs> if anybody saw his broadcast uh, last night, um, the the dining room table in your mom's house was all that fire. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> that is uh, that's a lot of Pyrex, man. I, I give it to you. And uh, Blaine said he still has, what, 20 pieces of your stuff there at his house? <laughs> oh, it's a self-medicating problem to numb what's going on. Absolutely. No, that's that's absolutely right. Um, I was self-medicating, thinking I was taking away the bad, but really just intensifying the bad. Um and it took me long enough to realize that because, like I said, I, I told myself over and over again that this was not the case. This was working. Um, this made me feel better. I don't have a problem, all this good stuff. And sure enough, it, uh, it was not the case. Um, I, I actually, not only did I intensify all the negative, not only did I depress myself further, but I started shutting my organs down. So um, I mentioned earlier in the broadcast that uh, it, it was a very humbling experience.
to have to go to rehab to to go through the whole process of admitting I had a problem, admitting to myself, admitting to my family, admitting to everybody that I had a problem and I needed help. It was above me. And uh, and the reason that was so humbling is because I said earlier that uh, I feel like every one of us has some sort of a stigma or some sort of a um, complex, whatever you want to call it, in the back of your head that says nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. Um, I think that's instilled in everybody. We see bad stuff happen on the news all the time. I mean, look at what's going on in Florida uh, with the building collapse. Even stuff like that. I just I feel like we all think nothing like that's ever going to happen to us. And and the fact is that it does, and it happened in in this sense to me. And now I want to get out there and talk about it. I want to share. I want to help others that are going through similar. Um, similar things uh, and share my experience because that's how I've been able to get through is by listening to other folks. So now I'm, I'm paying it forward and, and trying to um, put this information out there that I, that what works for me, you know, and uh, Tim, would you like to come on Beardo and Weirdo this Tuesday and give a quick positive vibe message? You are incredible. You know what? That would be an honor. I would, uh, I would love to do that. Let me think here. You know what? Tuesday, I'll be at the fire station. Tuesday and Friday, I'm at the firehouse this week. So we might have to wait a week. Um, I might be able to pop in at the firehouse briefly. Um, but if I get a, if I get a call, I won't be there. So let's let's plan it for a day that I'm home because I don't. I don't want to miss my beardo weirdo debut because I have to run a call. <laughs> no, I, I, I thank you, Blaine um, and Piano Man for having me. That would be amazing. I love your guys' broadcasts. Uh, the Llama, I don't know if you'll get me to do that. I, I don't even know how to do that. I've tried it, uh, you know. But anyway, back to the... Uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, I've, I've touched on all my notes. I've touched on everything, um, that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> llama is a must. All right. If, if, if the llama steak comes in while I'm on there, I'll do it. Um, but, uh, yeah. So next, this coming Tuesday and Friday, I'm at work. Um, but the week after that, I should be good. So we'll be in touch. All right, guys, I am going to hop off here and get some stuff done tonight. Piano Man, I'll be I'll be watching the crossword tonight. Um, I, I still have one shot left to get into to name a Pyrex. That's been a goal of mine now. I've I'm determined to name a Pyrex. So I don't even have any names picked out. I just want to do it. <laughs> so I'll be on there tonight. I'll see you guys this evening. Uh, thanks for stopping in. Thanks for chatting. Um, next Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, as I'm on the East Coast, uh, I will be on and we'll do another episode to be determined. I am also planning a broadcast with Gemma. If you know Gemma, I'm sure you all do. We're going to do her story and uh, kind of an open convo like I did with Lucia. So look out for that. And uh Great seeing you guys. I'll see you tonight. Bye.